I'd like to have an argument. Hi, it's Rabbi Jim Egoff. As you heard there at the beginning, that was Michael Palin from the very famous Monty Python skit. I'd like to have an argument. Well, we're going to talk about arguments this week, since uh, the argument this week is between Korach and Moses, and how Korach and Moses managed to get into an argument, and, you know, we don't necessarily even know what the argument is about. We just know that there's something that seems to be wrong in our Torah portion. Well, maybe that thing that's wrong is not necessarily the argument or the text or whatever, but just the fact that people have gotten into too much of a habit of just fighting first and asking what the issue is later. Well, we'll talk about a little bit more about what we might look at in terms of our situation today. I thank you for joining me. You can always reach me at 610-624-3441, or you can email me at rav, as in Victor, jim, at aol.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Python. As a troop of creative clowns, there have been few who have rivaled their sophisticated humor and wit, as they've crafted skits around sheep attempting to learn to fly, to the absurdities of religious practices and dogma. And who could forget the dead parrot skit? However, one of the greatest skits is, I'd like to have an argument. If I sat here and attempted to do the skit or explain it, I would only ruin the genius of it. Suffice it to say that the premise of the skit is that there's a place where one can go and have an argument, and offerings range from a five-minute argument to a full course of ten. When I think about the story of Korach, this skit immediately pops into mind, since I often wonder what the argument between Moses and Korach was about. Korach, the namesake of the Torah portion, challenges Moses and Aaron. The Torah text tells us a little of the content of the argument, in only that we hear that Moses has gone too far. Somehow this hubris has challenged the holiness of the entire community. And the accusation against Moses and Aaron is that they have grown arrogant. At some level, there's a maybe a little bit of a disconnect here, because unless Korach and company weren't paying attention for the last couple of years, God did choose Moses and Aaron to lead the people. However, something has gone wrong enough to provoke one of the few personal challenges to Moses' leadership at this point. Regardless of the issue at hand, Chazal, that is, Chachmei Zichronam Levracha, that is, the rabbis of antiquity, point to this revolt as being the paradigm of an argument that was not for the sake of heaven. I wonder if we have recently had any disputes that make us wonder whether or not they are for the sake of heaven. So this week, in case you missed it, there have been some people who would like to have an argument. Accusations of lording over each other have been hurled, and many of these have left us wondering whether or not these disagreements are really for the sake of heaven. Or as some of us might put it, what in the world do they think they're doing? I speak of the battle over the raising of our national debt ceiling and the various values that we are being challenged to meet as a nation regarding the choices we make. While I cannot tell exactly what the issues are on either side at any given moment, they seem to be very 
fluid at best, there seem to be some common threads that run through the disagreements and pitiful and pivotal moments of this argument. Taxes and healthcare costs are major sticking points. There seems to be some jockeying back and forth between um, each party regarding their purported pet projects, cutting education, cutting labor, health care. You know, these things are righteous, aren't they? Or are they? Yet it seems that the point I keep coming back to is this. Is this argument really for the sake of heaven or at least our nation? Now, since the Torah does not make explicit what the arguments were regarding Korach's confrontation with Moses, Chazal, those rabbis from antiquity, felt free to speculate. And this is what they came up with. According to two passages from Numbers Rabbah, even the same book could not find agreement between the rabbis. The argument fell into two possibilities. The first that is offered is from Numbers Rabbah, 18.4, where Korach was complaining about taxes. Imagine that. And Korach had charged Moses, saying, you lay a heavier burden on us than the Egyptians did. The commentary Eitz Chaim continues, Korach, in this Midrash, never mentions that these taxes were designed to help the poor, to maintain the sanctuary, and to give the Israelites a way of expressing gratitude to God and their dependence on God. I mean, God was feeding them manna every day. So Korach was complaining about taxes. The second Midrash, that continues to be eerily familiar, comes from Numbers Rabbah 18.3, is that uh, Korach began to pick arguments with the rituals in the Torah by casting them as extreme, rigid, and inflexible. For example, Korach would ask whether a mezuzah had to be hung on the doorpost of a library full of Torah scrolls. That would be a room filled with the words of Torah, including those on the mezuzah, the small um, box that contains this inscription from the chapters of Deuteronomy, um, just because God said to do it. Or whether or not a completely blue talit would need to have a thread of blue required in the passage from our Torah portion last week, even though the rest of the talit was blue. The bottom line for this midrash about the dispute is that Korach attempted to paint Moses with an ill brush regardless of what was required by God. Thus, in attacking Moses, the Midrash suggests that Korach was possibly also challenging God as well. While the comparison here takes a little work, in the end, there is a job that needs to be done by whomever occupies certain positions of power in our country. When ideology drives the debate, it becomes dangerous, especially when people are, as was in the case of Korach's followers, willing to push their agenda in a manner that could get them and maybe all of us when it comes to our credit, nation's credit, sucked into a pit of Sha'ol, never to be seen from again. Regardless of where you fall in the debate over Korach and his followers, there is one bottom line. The rabbis of antiquity felt that the disputes were illegitimate at some of the core level. These were not disputes that rose to the level where the rabbis could say of both sides, each of these represents just, righteous, and God-centered positions that deserve an honored place of sanctification. While the dispute between Michael Palin and John Cleese is funny, I believe that the argument may be a joke at our expense when it comes to the argument occurring in Washington. When in the course of the skit, Michael uses up his five-minute slot, John Cleese goes silent until 
Palin pays him another pound sterling. As citizens, we need to stop the people who place the argument above national interest, who believe that our country can be great without great people in government, and that our interests are best served by those who would serve themselves, possibly at our expense. We saw how things ended with Korok and his followers. Perhaps we need to remind our leaders that this is an argument we might not be able to be able to afford to have as a nation. Shalom.